pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to PGA Grinders Live After Dark. It seems like we were just here for a major, and uh, we're back again. The the muddled schedule in the summer, excuse me, in the summer with lots of big events in a short time period uh, just seems to hit you really quickly. And after the Open Championship just a couple weeks ago, the World Golf Championship event last week, we have the season's final major with the PGA Championship this week at uh, Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina, which did not host its usual tournament, the Wells Fargo Championship this year, as they renovated the course significantly in advance of this big tournament. So uh, lots of stuff to get to over the next hour, and uh, the usual cohorts will be with me to do that. Of course, I am Justin Van Zuden. I will be uh, hosting the proceedings here tonight, and uh, happy to bring along Mr. Gib Pollard on one side. Uh, Gib, how's the week treated you in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, it's been good, mate. It's good. Uh, uh, wrapping up my uh, soccer coaching obligations with the two teams that I coach this week. It's the final week. Kids have been playing awesome. And uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the the Open Championship and the, the Bridgestone, but you didn't mention the Canadian Open. I mean, I am dear sorry. I am so sorry to the Canadians out there. I apologize. <laughs> But uh, it, it's funny when the Safeway Open comes and we're sitting there waiting for the first major all the way to the Masters and then we go bang, 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 bang and then the majors are over and then we're sitting there waiting for the next thing to start. The uh, Safeway Open, you didn't even miss a beat there. You got that down after. It's only been like one year, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, I, I didn't call it the fries. So <laughs> I think. I had to sit here and think for a second, what tournament is that? Oh, yeah, that's the one that used to be the fries.com, and they had that awkward sponsorship announcement on the air the one year uh, when they changed to Safeway. But, uh, yeah, there's not much going on in the October, November, December, January, February, those months, and we get all these big tournaments kind of uh, here in, in one fell swoop in the summertime. But it makes for a fun DFS season, especially when football is not around in the summer. It gives people something to uh, research and talk about, so we're happy to have – the daily fantasy golf game growing and it really has the size of the tournaments 
especially on DraftKings on a weekly basis this year, has been phenomenal compared to prior years. So that's always good to see. Brian Devonshire alongside as well. And uh, how is the summer treating you out west? Summer is treating me well out west. Tail end of the rafting season, rivers are getting low and slow. But the sun is still shining. It's monsoon season. Weather's been here a lot like I expect weather to be out there. Gonna rain! Yeah, it's gonna rain. It is going to rain. That's a, a nice segue into the tournament for this week. We'll talk about last week here for just a second. I know, Gib, you were uh, venting about last week on the, the pre-show chat that we were having before we came on air. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but DFS golf really just it, it doesn't have that same spark uh, in the no cut events. And, you know, you're just you're not really sweating it the first couple days and you're just kind of hoping your guys hang around and don't withdraw. And then there's a whole bunch of bogeys out there. And uh, I don't know. I just don't love those WGC events as much as some of the others. But, uh, hey, I'm sure Hideki Matsuyama will disagree with me. Oh, no, he wouldn't. I wasn't his quote like, yeah, I felt like I wasn't swinging that well. Dude, you won by five strokes. Come on, man. He's not uh, he, He's not one to settle for uh, success. It's always yeah. something he can do better. Yes. He's like the Bill Belichick of uh, golfers. That's right. That's a good comparison. Well, how did the week treat you? Me? Yeah. Oh, it was good. I mean, I, I, you, you hit the, the nail on the head there, mate. I, I sometimes throttle back uh, if I'm real busy and it's a WGC non-cut event, or it's one of those lovely programs, I sort of throttle back. Um, it's more variances involved with these ones. So uh, the only real sweats I got all weekend was uh, my wife and I, we made a kitchen table in the backyard. It was about 95 degrees, so we were sweating nonstop. So that's pretty much the only sweats I had over the weekend. You just decide to make a kitchen table in the backyard over the weekend or uh, actually this is the second time we're making it because she didn't like the first one we made. And you did what with that one? Uh, it's still there. We're going to sell it. We make furniture on the weekends. That's just what we do. I did not know this. This yeah. is a revelation on the show. It's we've been doing shows together for like four years now. I had no idea. Yeah, no, I, I coached uh, soccer. I, uh, I hobby carpenter and uh Yeah. That, uh, that's what I so do you have do you have a big shed where you keep your inventory I have so many questions uh we don't have we have a shed uh, we do have an inventory uh, I got a mate who lives up the road he has the tools that I don't have and I have the tools he doesn't have uh we're both uh making same similar projects we're both going to be making office benches like massive custom made office benches soon so uh yeah no we uh over the last couple of years I've uh upped my carpentry skills well, this will completely shock you, but I do not have very good carpentry still skills. I I know that comes as a massive surprise, but uh, I, I did not I did not inherit the handyman gene from my father is very handy, but I am not. Uh, you too, mate. That's all you need. I was I was in the same boat three years ago. Uh, in fact, the first argument wife and I had was uh, pretty much uh, I'm not a carpenter. I, I left out a few choice words, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I screwed something up big time, and I, I told her that if I you want a carpenter, you should have married one. But, uh, yeah, for, over the last three years, I've gotten much better. Well, that's awesome. That's uh, that's cool to hear. Well, I'm happy I'm happy that that conversation came about here on the air tonight. Uh, <laughs> Gib the Carpenter, that's your new nickname now. Uh, Devo, 
how did uh, last week treat treat you? Any uh, did you play last week with the WGC or take a breather with the uh, rafting season still going on? I played smaller volume, and I made a critical error in choosing Gary Woodland over Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, Gary Woodland did not uh, didn't go so well for him. I played, I did the same thing. Really, I played a lot of Woodland. Didn't play any Charlie Hoffman. And a great quote from Charlie Hoffman, by the way, on Sunday when he decided to go for the 16th green and two, uh, he said that he was basically tired of finishing second and uh, he didn't care. He was going to go for it in two. And I probably left out a few choice words there as well, but I uh, ended up falling short to Hideki Matsuyama. And I think Zach Johnson ended up passing him before it was all said and done, but uh, Hoffman's been playing really well of late and uh, might garner some interest as well as a sleeper this week. We'll obviously get to him throughout the show so uh, let's move our focus to the PGA Championship now and I mentioned down in Charlotte at Quail Hollow we've got some weather issues this week and uh, I know we don't have Kevin Ross forecast yet but it's going to be wet and it's going to be rainy. Uh, Devo have you taken a, a any sort of detailed look at the weather yet or what are you seeing on that front? Yeah, it's just going to rain. It's uh, more than likely to rain the most on Friday, but there's uh, scattered thunderstorms uh, basically all four days in the forecast. So it's been raining for a while. Uh, I watched a Rory interview today. He said the course is playing extremely soft. Uh, Justin Thomas said that also. So they we're not really sure how much more water this course can hold. Uh, but that's going to give an edge to the bombers. I don't see an edge really as far as like key timing goes, but um, yeah, I think by the time we get to Wednesday evening, uh, we're all going to be pretty well aboard the bombing train because this is a par 71, 7,600 yard long test of golf. Really interesting because they were, they're planning on having these greens play really fast. So depending on how much rain they get, uh, that might be a little bit of a challenge for them, but uh, and I know it did rain today quite a bit as well. So uh, you know, if and Friday just sounds like uh, like torrential rains. Obviously, the the timing of that might change a little bit. But yeah, if you're trying to get an edge with tee times, it's not expected to be overly windy. Uh, it's possible that there will be delay a delay or multiple delays on Friday or even Thursday afternoon. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about tee times. I'm with you there. And uh, I guess uh, another big factor, uh, Gib, this course has undergone some major changes since we've seen it last. Yeah, they, they've, they've changed a few holes, but the DNA of this course still remains. It, it was always built as one that it's going to be hard to hit fairways and hard to hit greens. It's like in the last, I think, seven tournaments played here, it's always ranked in the top five in uh, fairways, difficult to hit uh, fairways uh greens slightly less uh but still both pretty hard to hit so the the course dna is still the same they did take out what eight to 800 to a thousand trees there right diva more than that they took uh took out 800 trees the very first two days of renovation they were literally ripping trees out of the course on the early holes when guys were finishing up the last wells fargo last may <laughs> um, the only reason the greens are difficult to hit is because they're really far away. They're actually pretty large greens. They're mm -hmm. almost 6,600 square feet on average. Uh, but like you said, there's only 22 acres of fairway and 120 acres of rough. Uh, they did remove all those trees. They do expect the rough to be a little bit different. Uh, 
I don't think these are just cursory changes, though. I mean, it's a pretty complete overhaul of the course. I mean, it's a par 71 instead of a 72 now. So especially on the front, especially yeah, on the front side. Yeah, the front nine's totally different. Like uh, one and two is now hole one. They made a totally brand new hole two. Um, I think they moved num- the old number three is now number two. The old number four is now number three. And then the new hole is the fourth hole, I believe, is what I read last night. Okay. And then the fifth hole used to be a par five, and they they cut that back. Yeah, now it's a par four. Um, so the greens are definitely young, and they're firm, and they're fast, but it's just uh, left to tell about what the speed of them is going to be with the rain. But Kevin Na was complaining about them, so. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> That's a big surprise right there. Uh, yeah, Kevin Na was not happy. and so uh, Pencil him in for top 20. <laughs> pencil, that's right. Just uh, – <laughs> What was it? The U.S. Open. It was Aaron yeah. as he was complaining about a few months ago. Uh, that is what it is. He's uh, tends to be pretty uh, vocal with his thoughts on on things, and uh, no no stranger to that this week as well. So I mean, it, and this even before the renovations, this didn't play as an extremely easy course no. unless you're Rory McIlroy. I mean, your winning score was kind of in that 12, 13, 14 under par range, and Kevin Knott in his little mini rants yesterday did say that he thinks the winning score will be in the single digits under par for what that's worth. Obviously that's just one golfer's opinion, but uh, you know, it, it should play challenging. Then the weather might throw a wrench into all that, depending on how soft the course gets, uh, it, but it is long. So uh, if you're not getting much roll on the, on the fairways, I mean, it might, uh, it might end up playing really, really long. So uh, lots of factors to, to go into analyzing this week. Uh, Gibby, you got anything else on the uh, specific uh, course or the renovations? Uh, I just I was looking over the last uh, four tournaments played here, and the 47 players who came in the la- in the top 10 for those four tournaments, and it was just interesting to to see that I think it was like uh, I think it was 14 of those 47 were in the top 10 in driving distance, uh, nine were with accuracy, 11 in greens and regulation, and 17 strokes game putting. Uh, I just I just feel like it's uh, Granted, all four of those tournaments were played in relatively sunny conditions, so the rain does do play a factor into into that sort of uh, breakdown. But it, I was just funny. It's funny to see that not one particular sort of golfer um, benefited. Like there was no overwhelming. Hey, you have to hit greens in regulation. Uh, you have to putt well, or you have to be a bomber. So I think this is still a course that potentially could be. Uh, best served if you have a, a great overall game as opposed to uh, just being able to rip it out there. The the Bombers who have the best all-around game, I think, will succeed this week. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment for sure. And, and distance is going to be important, especially if the weather holds like it's supposed to. So that's Quail Hollow. Uh, again, even though it's never hosted a major, don't be afraid to at least utilize the course history from the Wells Fargo Championship. The back nine is essentially the same. Uh, They added some bunkering around the greens and did a little bit of redesign on the 11th hole. Uh, So not a lot of changes on the back. Of course, the closing stretch 16, 17, and 18 is always among the most challenging stretch of three holes in uh, on the tour. So the back nine, not a whole lot of changes there, but that front nine is where you are going to see a lot of changes. It's going to play more difficult than it did in the past. And of course you just have the one uh, par five on that side now, as opposed to two. And we're dealing with a par 71 instead of a par 70 
even though the, or excuse me, instead of a par 72, uh, even though the course is longer than it was uh, overall. So that first hole, uh, 530, 540 yard par four could play as the most difficult hole on the golf course right out of the gates uh, for the guys that start on the front side. Just really interesting to see kind of how this course is going to play uh, with the renovations. So with that, uh, probably a good time to start digging into the golfers for the week. At the top of the pricing on DraftKings this week, we've got Jordan Spieth at 12K, Rory at 11.8K. Of course, with impeccable course history here, six starts at uh, Quail Hollow, five top tens, two wins. Uh, Dustin Johnson, maybe the forgotten guy out of this top group at 11.4K. Uh, Devo, how are you handling kind of the top three or four guys this week? Is it going to be Dustin Johnson or Spieth that gets overlooked? I think Rory is pretty exactly. easily going to be the chalk. But I think yeah, we've got people... Dustin's Dustin's projected ownership is at 10% right now. Well, come on. He's 600 cheaper than Spieth, and he's the bomber. I mean, like, people are totally going to gravitate towards this bomber narrative, so they're going to look at Rory and Dustin and Ricky and Rom, really. I mean, Dustin's my favorite out of the bunch for those reasons. Uh, he's second in strokes gained off the tee lately, and 20th in approach, and that's in the last several months. Uh, number two in driving distance, number two in par fours, 450 to 500, and number two in par fives, 550 to 600. I'm paying way more attention to these like range-specific stats for this course rather than course history with the changes. Eight out of the 11 par fours are right in that 450 to 500 range. One of them's really short. Uh, no, one of them is that really long one, and the other two are really short. They're drivable par fours. Uh, and all three of the par fives are in that long 550 to 600 range. So uh, Dustin Johnson is my pick for the top tier of the three guys. And if you're telling me he's going to be the least popular, then uh, probably going to alter my strategy. This week is really interesting to me. There's so many options and ways you can go here. I'm having fun with this puzzle so far. Yeah, it is uh, really interesting. And I think, you know, a lot of it uh, hinges on what you decide to do with McElroy. I mean, with his incredible course history, it is pretty, pretty obvious that he's going to be the highest owned guy. And, you know, with the bomber narrative and two wins here and the way he played in those two, in those two performances, one of them was his first PGA tour win. I disguised the limit for ownership with Rory, in my opinion, and it comes down to whether you, you know, you have the stones and you want to fade them entirely. Uh, maybe you decide you just want to go 100% on them and, you know, and, and differentiate your rosters elsewhere and, you know, hope he wins. Uh, maybe you just try to be level with the field. I, I don't know. But I think talking about Rory's ownership, I think, is is a really fascinating discussion this week. Uh, Gib, what do you think about these top guys and, and Rory in particular? Well, the PGA Championships is always uh... – I think more difficult to sort of pick because I think they invite the top 100 golfers in the world. I, I think that's why they get the strongest field of any tournament. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of players in this field that has the ability or the, the skill to win this tournament. That's, I, I have a feeling that if you go with Rory, who is a, I mean, his course history is impeccable. I mean, he's only missed one cut here, and every time he makes the cut here, it's a top 10. He's won two PGA championships, two tournaments at this course, and he has a bald eagle that lives on the course named after him. 
So, I mean, he's got all the all the things in his direction. Spieth will get Simone uh, looks better than DJ because, let's face it, he won the last major. And I think for the people who aren't really necessarily looking into the bomber angle, they might be looking at Spieth saying, hey, he won the, the Open Championship. So I think DJ is going to be, out of these three, the less owned. I can't go past Rory. I, I really, really can't. I, I think he's primed for uh, a very good finish. You know what Vegas is over under on Rory's finishing position is this week? Don't know. You mean e- if you're just looking for even odds each way? Yep. Uh, three and a half. Um, no. Really? You think it'd be even odds that he's third or better? Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't know. Like, what is he to win? Is he like seven to one to win? Uh, yep, seven to one to win. He's a nine point five. Oh, okay. I don't know. I guess I didn't. I, I'm not the greatest at mathing out how far back that would be. Yeah, to compare, they've got Spieth at eleven and a half, Hideki at twelve and a half, DJ at fourteen and a half, Fowler at sixteen and a half, and Kepka at twenty point five with Rom. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I still think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rory. Uh, we lost him. Yep. So he, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Rory's the goat this week. What? How popular is he going to be? He's going to be popular. I mean, honestly, if, I mean, I was surprised the other day. I forget if, if it was the uh, British Open or if it was the Canadian Open where DJ was uh, was it 41% owned. And so I'm not surprised anymore. Uh, I think Rory is going to be higher owned than Spieth. But um, or he's going to be higher owned than ever, like all the, the top three. So I think Spieth will get the, the nod uh, ahead of DJ because you know, his recent form has been much better. And he is going for a career... Uh, Grand Slam at such a mm-hmm. young age, and that narrative is going to be played out as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. Do you think Hideki is going to be popular? Pardon? Do you think Hideki is going to be popular? After I, I do. I, I do. Uh, see, Hideki is sort of a player that, if he gets, he has these wins and spurts. I mean, he hasn't really done it on the PGA Tour that much, but I mean, you think back to earlier in the year, he was winning everything. I don't want to say on the PGA Tour. He won the uh, the WGC, HSBC, and then went on a tear in Japan, which, you know, I know that that's a lesser tour and whatnot, but he can get in these hot streaks and just continue that over. On the flip side, he did win the uh, Waste Management and then missed the cut at his very next event. So uh, he he's going to be sort of a dark horse if he can do a back-to-back win. And we have seen back-to-back wins. Uh, Spieth just did it, and DJ did it, what, three weeks in a row or three tournaments in a row? So, you know, it seems like this year that's a bit different from previous years where we are having some carryover to uh, back-to-back sort of great performances. So I I think he's going to be popular. But I think Ricky and Rory are going to be the two top-owned players, I think, above 10K. do Do you think that as well? Um, I think it's going to be interesting between Ricky and Rom because I do agree with you that some ownership will be directed towards Hideki. I think that day is going to be completely ignored, like less than 5% for sure. Um, but still, though, I mean, if we're talking 40% range for Rory, 
that just really isn't that much ownership for these guys over 10 K to go around. Yeah. And there are some nice options in the cheaper range, but I don't know. There's just so many ways to, to skin this cat. So like, who do we like better Rory at 40% or speed at like 20%? I don't know. I, I could see speed finishing. I mean, I can see him winning it, but at the same time, I could see him finishing outside the top 20. I just can't see Rory outside the top 10 this week. Um, you know, we thought he was hosed after, what, five holes at the British Open and then ends up, you know, playing all the way to fourth. Uh, I forget, um, didn't he come, what did he come last week? Um, let just punch that up. Uh, fifth. Fifth, oh, the all-important fifth place uh, from yeah. last week. So, I mean, back-to-back -to -back top five. So, it's not like he's, he's going in with poor form and he's got great course history. And he is, you know, he's a, a guru from uh, tier to green. So, I just feel like all the, the three main aspects of, you know, DFS is course history, stats, and recent form. And I, I feel like all those are just pointing towards Rory and... Uh, you know, I think a lot of people will flock that. So, what are you doing with Rom? Rom, I like Hideki, I like Fowler, and like you said, there's just not enough cash to go around at the top here. Uh, I don't mind Rom, but you know, I have him ticked as a as a green. So you mm -hmm. know, uh, if if I'm making a roster, and you know, it's between. Uh, you know, Day Ram, Stenson, and Garcia. I'm going Ram every time, uh, just because you know he's he can make birdies in a hurry, and you know he's he has the ability to to, to sort of uh, put uh, DraftKings points up. So I, I don't like Stenson. I think Day is going to be the forgotten guy, but I just don't see him performing that well. Hey gang, hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> the uh, the old hard freeze hit me there for a minute, so I had to uh, had to reboot. Like the old winter time, all of a sudden, everything on my screen just uh, just went black. So the the, uh, the computer did not like talking about Rory McIlroy anymore, and uh, it decided it was going to stop working for a while. So I am back. Uh, we've established that Rory is the chalk, and uh, you know that's uh, probably where everyone's going to go in the top range. And it sounded like you guys were talking about Day and Stinson there. Uh, we're all the way down to Casey now. Oh, we got it. Yeah, the, the, uh, I'm just I'm just we still have about 40 minutes to go. Let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. But uh, I heard Day and Stenson, so you didn't fool me. Yeah, we, we established Day would be unowned. Uh, we were discussing Rom. I love his off the tee game here. Um, how popular do you think Rory is going to be, Justin, in this million maker? Yeah, this is what I was saying when, uh, when everything locked up on me, that, uh, you know, in the millionaire maker, maybe not maybe not super extreme because people know that you have to go contrarian there, but in the, you know, in the higher dollar stuff, I really wouldn't be surprised if he's in the forties. Wow. And he's 50, 50 to be ninth or better. Yeah. I mean, and if he finishes even sixth, seventh, eighth, that doesn't kill you if you don't have him. you know, what kills you if you don't have him is if he dominates and wins by six strokes or something. Right. Well, he just has to win. I mean, like, not yeah, things without having to win. Sure, sure. So, I mean, if you think he's, if he's going to be forty five percent owned, but he's fifty fifty just to get ninth or better, I mean, what are his odds to get sixth or better? I mean, obviously less than that. So I can find this. 
I can give you a top five. How's that? That works. All right. I'll have to scroll a little bit here. Yeah, though that's fine. I'll stall for a second for you. So yeah, I agree. I think Day and 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 Stenson are kind of going to be the forgotten about uh, other guys in in this top range. I mean, Matsuyama obviously coming off that clinic last week is going to be popular. Um, he's cheaper than the other studs by a good thousand fifteen hundred bucks, and especially on Fanduel, I think he's eighty eight hundred over there. So um, yeah, when Fanduel's his pricing is ridiculous. It's it's very soft. Yeah, you can. They have done a 180 with their pricing over the last month. Um, so you know, Matsuyama is kind of the other guy. I think a lot of people will have their eyes on in that top range this week. Do you have a number? Not yet. Okay, uh, Gib. Any other thoughts on maybe these top guys? I don't. I missed your weekly Fowler take. Obviously, uh, I actually I don't mind Fowler. I think the narrative, the same narrative for Rory, is lesser for for Ricky, but it's still there. He's still coming in with great form. You know, he he's a, a player that does well teed at green and off the tee, but he also, unlike Roy, can actually putt. Uh, so that makes him a little dangerous in terms of, uh, uh, for Rory's sake. Uh, and, you know, he played, his first ever tour win was here at Quail Hollow. So he has fond memories here. Uh, you know, the narrative of will he win his first major at the same place that he won his first PGA Tour event. So he's got very good uh, uh, narratives running for him. So uh, it's not, you know, you don't base everything on narratives. Uh, obviously, they're two real stud players. So uh, you can't go wrong with either one. Uh, I, I don't mind starting a team at Rory and I don't mind starting a team at Ricky. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I like both. All right, uh, so that establishes us through most of the the 10K plus guys there on uh, DraftKings. I do agree with Devo. I think Rom is interesting with his tee to green game. He's been a little bit shaky, especially around the greens the last couple tournaments. But uh, that's going to give him really low ownership this week. Uh, I don't think you see a lot of people on uh, John Rom, especially compared to you know if we went back a month or two, uh, the the amount of buzz that he got at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills where he missed the cut. He was massively popular, maybe even the most popular, one of the two or three most popular guys in the field. Uh, and you're not you're not seeing that these uh, these most recent weeks. So uh, below that we've got uh, Garcia at 9.4k, Kepka at 9.2, Justin Rose at nine, and then we get into the 8k options. Uh, Devo, I'll let you talk about that range a little bit. Plus 145 on Rory top fighting. But they also have him at minus 180 for him to get a top 10. So there's some broken pricing in there for sure. Yeah, something's off a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Stenson's cute, but if you're telling me Rom is not going to be that popular, I'm just going to pay up to him. Um, I think that Sergio is going to be pretty unpopular. I think that Kepka is going to be pretty chalky. Uh, I think Kepka is a fine play, but I'd rather save some money. Uh I think Rose is also interesting, but he just has not been in good form for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not taking any of these guys in the 9K range. Gabe, you like anybody in here? I like Rose. Um, you know, it, his ball striking's been down this season, but, um, you know, he's the last time he played this course, he led the field in ball striking. Um, and his last two visits here were top five, or a third and a fifth. So, He's, I think he's going to go overlooked and under owned. And so if I sort of want to 
complete contrarian. I think a lot of people on, on Kepka. Uh, I think Justin Thomas might get some attention because of his bombing uh, abilities. So, and I think he's he's going to be uh, in the middle of those two, and people either pay up, what is it, uh, two hundred bucks for Kepka, or you know, save a hundred dollars and go to Justin Thomas. So people will be scared off by his recent form. So I, I don't mind Justin Rose. I mean, I, I think there's a double-edged sword with him. Uh, the, the form does scare me. It, I mean, it hasn't been great. Uh, you look at the – he was near the bottom last week, had a terrible weekend, 54th at the Open Championship, cut at the U.S. Open, uh, did play well in, in kind of a weak field uh, event at the Irish Open. But uh, the, the form is a concern. But, you know, that, that will allow you to get him at, uh, at lower ownership. The, the, last... the new – go ahead. The last person to win a tournament at Quail Hollow missed seven straight cuts. James Hahn. Yeah, it was a cut, 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 cut win uh, with his yeah. form, <laughs> form a, there. A playoff first, Roberto Castro. To be fair, though, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a weaker field, and, you know, mm -hmm. this uh, the course is different, and, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of what we'll see this week, obviously. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying is, you know, it's, <laughs> sometimes it's the guys who you least expect. So, uh, you know, he, he has shown promise at this course before. So, you know, I'm willing – I don't usually shy away from uh, – I don't usually like playing players who don't have good recent form, at least. But I just have a feeling about Rose this week. Fair enough. Going to the uh, 8Ks, I'll let you lead off uh, the 8Ks there too, Gib. Um, you know, I I find it hard to go past Adam Scott each and every major. I, I should stop doing that. Uh, if he's not going to produce the top 10s, I don't think he's produced a top 10 at a, at a major type event since the players. Uh, he did one having the Masters and the players, but hasn't really uh, followed that up. I think he missed the cut at the US Open, so... You know, I, I shouldn't do it, but I'll probably end up having a few lineups with Adam Scott. Matt Kutcher, I have as a possibility, but, you know, I have to dig in deeper. I, you know, I don't know if that vertigo, I, I forget what he came last week. Uh, I don't think it was anything special. So, yeah, uh, he played all right on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, he did all but, right. Yeah, he, he wasn't in contention, though. So, correct. Um, but, you know, he doesn't really – we don't really play him for non-cut events anyway. So, you know, if, if I want to go a cash game lineup, I'll probably slot one of those two in. I'm, I'm trying to work out if I like Leishman and Grace as well. Um, but, yeah, this area I'm not 100% com confident on until I get to Paul Casey. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are, are going to end up for sure. Uh, before we get there, I'll swing back over to Devo with all these 8K options. Uh, you've got Kucher, you've got Scott, you've got Phil, you've got Grace in here. Uh, the the public is starting to get on Leishman a little bit. He was pretty highly owned, 18, 17, 18% range last week uh, in the no-cut event. Uh, where are you looking at with these 8K golfers? I definitely took a long look at Leishman. Uh, he really jumps off the board. Statistically, he's been in pretty fine form. Problem is, is that you're right. The public is getting on him as well. He's becoming a pretty trendy play. Popularity's been up, and his form's been good enough to reinforce that popularity. He didn't do so good last week, so hopefully that'll turn it off a little bit. But I think that people are going to gravitate towards him at 8.1k as pretty intentional pivots to pay up to be contrarian from this trio of guys. We'll get to soon. 
I'm looking at Justin Thomas at 8.9K. He's long. He's in fine form. He's never too popular. I think that Kepka will soak up most of that ownership and we'll find JT somewhere around oh, maybe 12% if he gets talked up a bit this week. I'm curious what you guys think of Adam Scott, though, because he's very long. He's super good on the approach. And he really pops in these long par four and par five ranges specifically, especially recently. So didn't he burn a lot of people at the last major? Um, I don't necessarily think he burned at the last major. He burned everyone who, who rusted him uh, at the, the US, US Open. Open. He did, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, he came 22nd at the Open Championship, so – that's not that bad. That's yeah, not that's not bad. burning. It's the U.S. Open that he burnt people. Okay. So yeah, I like Adam Scott, and if he's not going to be too popular, he might be one of my favorite plays this week. If uh, the with... greens end up slower than what they hope, then Adam Scott becomes a better option. Uh, mm. Fast greens and his putting, I don't really like it. Uh, I think that's why you usually see him doing pretty well. Um, at British Opens as opposed to US Opens. Uh, so the greens might be a bit slower. But on the flip side of that is that the Masters play at pretty quick speeds too, and he has uh, some good track records there. So, that's, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, sh I find myself on Adam Scott um, a lot, and he's 8,600. So it's he, he, you always can fit him in on your team if you want him. So I always find myself rostering him. Yeah, yeah the, pr the price just value. the price. Yeah, it's just not outrageous there uh, for him. But uh, he hasn't been popping with those top tens that we'd like to see. Uh, there's interesting names in here that might go a little bit overlooked. If you want to take a look at a guy like Fleetwood or Alex Norin, uh, they're obviously not going to be as popular, being primarily European Tour golfers, but obviously two of the better guys on the European Tour. Um, Fleetwood was relatively pop popular at the Open Championship with the narrative that uh, it was a local event for him. Uh, Norn was sixth at the Open Championship, was 28th last week. So uh, Fleetwood also finished in that tie for, for 28th last week. Not that I think these guys are the most likely to top 10 or anything out of this group, but uh, with, with the popularity that's, that tends to be on guys like Kucher and Scott and Phil and even Grace, and then with the popularity that's going to be on some of these 7K guys, uh, you can get some lower ownership with, you know, maybe the likes of, of a Fleetwood or a Norn or something like that. So I like them as tournament plays this week. And then uh, we get into the 7Ks, and, uh, Gib, you kind of hit on it a little bit there. It uh, seems like Paul Casey makes a lot of sense at that price. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's a course where, you know, total driving is a factor and then hitting the greens and regulation is a factor, then – you know, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. I think, what, last week he was, let me see, he was still up there in, in ball striking as well. But um, oh, I had it right there. Oh, well, but yeah, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. And he's got some solid form coming in. I, I just, it, it, the price is really good. So, I mean... It's, it, it's going to be chalky, so it might be more of a cash game play. So, you know, if if he's going to be super high-owned, and I, if I've got a team with Rory or Ricky, I'm probably not looking at Casey just so because I need to differentiate my lineup somewhere, and I think those, you know, Casey's going to be highly owned at this price. 
Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I, I know that there's some other guys in this range that are intriguing, uh, but I don't think anybody's going to eclipse the ownership of Casey there. I think he's the guy a lot of people will stop at and, uh, and comfortably put in their rosters. I mean, since April, since the Masters, he has finished inside the top 30 in every single tournament he's played. Every single tournament's the top 30. Yes, he's not winning, but you look at all the – let me pull him up here. Let me pull up his player card. So uh, fifth last week, 11th at the Open, fifth at the Travelers, 26th at the U.S. Open, 10th at the Dean and DeLuca, 22nd at the Players, 12th at the Wells Fargo, 6th at the Masters. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six of those eight have gone for top 15s. Uh, and he's priced cheaper than the average guy you have to roster on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I, it's just – it makes a lot of sense to just plug him in, especially in your cash games. Now, when it comes to ownership and GPPs, I mean, I think he's really going to be popular. Um, you know, Devo, I know you've got uh, – you kind of mentioned that you think there might be some other guys in this range that will be somewhat popular too. How do you think this is all kind of going to shake out in this kind of mid to high 7K range? Yeah, I think it's going to be Paul Casey Chalk week. Uh, he was pretty trendy last week, had a nice finish, and like you said, just has been in excellent form. And he looks great for this course, so there's – it's tough to argue with Paul Casey. He's extremely high in Vegas's point of view. Uh, they've got him ahead of uh, Henrik Stenson and Justin Thomas and Matt Kuchar, guys of that like. So he's way too cheap. Minus 125 to bet that he is better than 28th place. So and that's literally right behind Adam Scott. Um, I don't think he's going to be <laughs> – Yeah, I don't think he's going to be like – so insanely popular that we need to fade them. And that's simply based on just how many other options there are down here compared to up top. So I think I'm just going to start my lineup with Casey and, you know, go from there just because it's such a good value. And there's so many other ways to go that uh, I don't think that this is chalk that I need to fade. Yeah. And like, if I'm not playing Rory or Ricky, then that's exactly what I'd be doing is, you know, plugging Casey in. And putting in a, maybe a, a lower own top guy like a Rom or a Stenson or a Day or something like that in there? I probably wouldn't put Stenson, but Rom definitely, maybe a Decky uh, or Spieth. Fair enough. Uh, so, you know, below Casey, again, there's there's good names uh, down here. You've got uh, Berger at 7.7K. Charlie Hoffman has been playing some great golf lately at 7.6K, second and third in his last two events. Uh, Devo, what do you make of these next few guys? Uh, in the mid seven K range. I want them all. I I think that burger is a fine play, but I think that he's going to be a little bit too popular. I think that he is the fade of that bunch. Uh, He's been very popular lately. Had a nice finish last week, like 13th or something like that. Um, Hoffman is another amazing play here. He's probably my favorite of the whole lot. I want him in my lineups. I also want Peters in my lineups. 7.5 7.5K, he's very long. He doesn't really pop on these stat models that uh, most people are looking at right now. But Vegas loves him, and I like him too because of his reduced ownership. So Yeah, why was, um, I was surprised too that he wasn't more popular last week. Yeah, and cool. I'll just run with it. Like when life gives you Thomas Peters at low ownership at 7.5K, then you play Thomas Peters. I wonder if Thomas Peters likes lemonade. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's a fine play at 7.5K. I like him uh, a lot, especially if that ownership's going to be down again. He's uh, very long off the tee, played really well last week, didn't really uh, hold up on Sunday, but uh, was in contention there. And, you know, that's uh, kind of where you need to be. So fourth place, still not a bad finish. Uh, Gib, your thoughts on the uh, mid-7Ks here? I see we've got the South Africans, Schwartzel and Oosthuizen with the exact same price tag this week. I have a, a big, you know, circle and a circle and a next to both of them. I, I, I don't want to play either one of them. Nothing against Charles. I just don't want to play. Um, I think it would be somewhat poetic that if uh, for the rest of the season, Charlie Hoffman turns into Kevin Kisner and just has a string of runner-ups uh, after that comment. I, I just. <laughs> He's tired of it. Yeah, he's tired of it. So I'm sure Kevin Kisner was too, but there's no soundbite of him actually admitting that. So, um, you know, I, there's a whole bunch of plays in here, you know, in the, the, you know, the, from Thomas Peters down to Steele, I'm not sort of liking. So, you know, I like Berger. I like Hoffman. Uh, I like Peters. Uh, I think, I think they're going to be somewhat maybe popular. I, it seems like Thomas Peters has sort of picked up John Rahm's not as hardcore following, but there is some sort of cultish uh, love for Thomas Peters. Uh, he can it's not pull- a huge cult, though, because he's not super chalky. Yeah, I know, but there's, um, just from what I've seen, it seems like there's a lot of people who are always talking about uh, Thomas Peters. I don't follow a whole bunch of people on Twitter, so it might be just the the people who I do you're, follow. You're getting a small sample, yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the, the people who I do follow are talking about them. But, um, but yeah, I, I do like Peters. Uh, it, it's not until I get down to Brandon Steele that I, I pick up interest. Uh, I, I like Steele a lot. But I don't know if Devo likes him. And if Devo likes him, I cannot talk about him until I get the blessing of one Devo. Devo? I'm off the man of steel this week. You can have him. Okay. No worries. Yeah. So, you know, he's he came 24th last week, uh, two missed cuts prior to that. He, he is a tee to green guy. Uh, he led the field last week in ball striking, which I do like. Uh, and I think he led the field in greens and regulation as well. And Bridgestone isn't a small course either. So uh, it's what is it past 71, wasn't it? Or past 70? I, it's a 71 head. now. Yeah. No, as in uh, uh, Firestone. Oh, 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 excuse me. Yeah, you said Bridgestone. I, it, uh, that's a, it was a 70, 70, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a pretty long 70, too. I think it's what, 7,400? At a, at a past seven, yeah. so yep. it, it's not a short course by any means, and so you know he twenty fourth isn't that great, but at this price, if he can bump that up to a fifteenth or a, you know eleventh or something like that, uh, with his tee to green skills, and you know he's sort of having a career year, so I, I don't hate uh, Brandon Still this week at seventy three hundred. Yeah, I think he's a little off the radar this week, too. If you're looking for a lower-owned play in the 7Ks, uh, he's not going to be as popular as some of the other guys. So uh, that that certainly merits a, a mention as well. In case you're you're hovering in this range, uh, do note that Brant Snedeker has withdrawn again, uh, still dealing with that rib injury, so he will not play this week. Chris Kirk has been added uh, to the field in Snedeker's place and is not available on DraftKings. So if you were looking to take Chris Kirk, you're out of luck. Uh, just make sure you don't take uh, Brant Snedeker. 
got guys like Bubba Watson in this uh, kind of mid-7K range. I've seen a little bit of love on uh, Twitter this week for Jamie Lovemark, uh, who's had some really good tee to green numbers lately. I, I, he didn't really pop for me, but I do think that, that, uh, that that's worth talking about or worth a mention. Kyle Stanley has been popular lately. Uh, he's faded a little bit. 55th at the John Deere, cut at the Open, 41st last week, not great in a no-cut event. Uh, Cabrera Bayo burned a lot of people last week. I mean, it's pretty obvious at the bottom range of the 7Ks where everyone's going to go. So, uh, Devo, you got thoughts on the rest of the 7K options? Yeah, there are options, which is fun. Uh, I think that Stanley's going to be popular. I think that Tony Finau is going to be extremely chalky at 7K. And with good reason. Uh, he's excellent off the tee. He's excellent on the approach. He's fifth in driving distance, and he's pretty good on the long hole. So uh, it's tough to argue with Finau. I'm just curious how popular he's going to be. He's certainly not the slam dunk that I think Casey is, but he's pretty close. Um, Jay, very, very popular, I think, is the answer. I don't know about the numbers, maybe in the 30s somewhere. But if you want one kind of reason to possibly fade him, and I will not be all out fading him, but uh, the one thing that you can maybe cling to is that they did change these greens to uh, Bermuda in the renovation, and he has been significantly worse on Bermuda greens in his career for what it's worth. If you want to fade him for that reason, it's at least a reason. I think Kevin Chappell is an interesting pivot off of now. He's almost as good statistically, almost as good at the Vegas odds, but probably going to be significantly lower owned with uh, people gravitating towards Stanley and Finau. Uh, Jimmy Lovemark, 7.2K, is the other guy that is drawing my interest. Uh, eighth in driving distance, really good on the long holes. Uh, pretty good recent form, too. So I think he'll probably be the lowest owned of all these guys that I'm discussing. And probably an excellent millie maker option there. Gib, you got uh, significant thoughts on any of those guys? Um, I, I agree with Love Mark. You know what? 18th, 10th, 27th, miscut, third, 25th, and 22nd. With uh, two, the last two majors, he's been in the 20s in, in finishing results. So, you know, he's not shying away from these uh, big fields. Um, you know, Kyle Stanley, I have marked down. And uh, Xander Sheffle is another player. He's uh, pretty beastly off the, off the tee as well. So his form is really good for being someone who's not really much of a name. So uh, if everyone's going fee now, uh, then Love Mark and, and maybe Xander and Brandon still might be the, the options to pivot onto. I mean, I think outside of Steve or outside of fee now in this kind of area, maybe even in the rest of the field, I don't think you're going to see anyone that's massive chalk. I mean, we've kind of established that Casey and Finau and some of the other kind of higher 7K options are going to be popular. I don't think there's anybody else this cheap. I mean, if you find a play that you like, uh, go with it. I don't think you have to worry about ownership really with anyone else, um, except maybe Gibb with his boy Patrick Cantlay, who I know he's going 100% on this week at uh, 6,900. I mean, uh, hey, he's not 10K anymore, Gibb. Or 9K uh, or whatever he was. He's priced where, you know, in a field like this, he's priced pretty much where he should be. And I like it. <laughs> Does that mean you will have some Patrick Cantley this week? I have some Patrick Cantley. I'll have some Patrick Cantley. I mean, you know, it, he. I think he has more of a, an upside than, say, 
<laughs> Bryson DeChambeau, who's uh, price is what same price? Yeah, so he said Bryson's a PGA Tour winner. Yeah, what did he win again? The John Deere Classic. Hey, now <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I actually thought it was a <laughs> no. It was the it was the John Deere Classic, but that's not too much of a step up. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, I I don't mind Patrick Cantley. You know, yeah, I have a feeling I, I got Shane Lowry marked, and I don't know why. Uh, so I'm gonna have to do some research on that. He doesn't really pop for me. I just I just have a feeling that he might play well, and that's just a gut feeling. Okay, sometimes the gut feeling pays off. Yeah, it does. So. All right, into the six Ks we go. Uh, Devo, who you got for sleepers this week? I'm interested in Francesco Malinari. He's a bunter, and I think that people are going to be off of him for that. But he's not that short. He's got a great approach, and, and uh, he's pretty good on these long par fours, actually. So if we can get Malinari, who's really good off the tee, just short, uh, really good on the approach, and pretty cheap at a low ownership, then uh, I think he's a pretty interesting option. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I think one of the things I wrote in my article this week, I said, you know, I, I love distance this week, but if you can give me a guy that, that can really dial it in with his irons and hit a bunch of greens, uh, I'll maybe take a peek. And uh, Molinari was one of the guy I was kind of referencing there. And then I did a, a – I downloaded the CSV file from DraftKings of all their prices this week, and I combined everyone's odds with it and did kind of a little points-per-dollar calculation based on their Vegas odds. And the best player in the field in terms of expected value just based on Vegas odds as of, you know, this was probably Sunday night when I did it, was Zach Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, who is right there with Molinari at 6,800. So it would be really interesting, two similar types of golfers, both capable of really dialing it in with their irons. And, uh, you know, and making hay that way, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the crowd goes on both Molinari and Zach Johnson this week at 6,800. Uh, Gib, what do you think about those two guys? Didn't we have the same conversation last week about Zach Johnson? Yeah, and then he was in the lead heading into Sunday on a 7,400-yard par 70 course. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I brought it up last week. I'll say it again. And actually – this reference is actually better for this week because the, the, the course is wet. If KJ Choi can compete at a soggy farmers, at a, a, a soggy Tory Pines, then some of these bunters who are dialed in can compete at a soft quail hollow. They just have to play much better at their game than the bombers are at their games. And, you know, the bomber sprays it and he's in trouble. So, I mean, if they're dialed in, if they're hitting fairways and they're hitting greens, uh, if the conditions are going to be playing tough, then I think it might play a little bit into the hands of uh, Zach Johnson's form has been great. And uh, Francesco Molinari, he came at what, 11th last week in ball striking at a course which, you know, is relatively long. So I think uh, both of them are, are viable options under 7K. Yeah, at one point, I think on Saturday, Molinari was leading the field in strokes gained uh, off the tee, which was strange to see. But I don't think he, he he didn't end up there. But he was terrible with the putter the first few days and then warmed up uh, significantly on Sunday. Um, maybe it might have been tee to green and not off the tee. I have to go back and look. Um, anyway, Gib, maybe uh, one or two quick names here before we get out of here for the people. Okay, so uh, anything under uh, 7K? You go wherever you want to go, yep. 
Uh, Webb Simpson, he's a local guy, but last time they played at Quail Holly, Mr. Cut, and I think the whole DFS nation was pissed at him. So um, there's not that many names that I'm too confident about. So uh, other than uh, I think if you want to zig or zag when everyone's zigging, Gary Woodland could be an option. Uh, everyone probably pretty much hates him uh, this week, so he might be a decent option uh, long off the tee. I like Ross Fisher. He's got some course, good course history here, and he's playing uh, very solid this year. And another European Tour player in which I don't think will get any love whatsoever, and he's, he's made 18 of 20 cuts. That's Jordan Smith. He just recently won on the European Tour. Uh, he's been a DFS machine in European PGA. All right, Devo, one or two names for the people. Uh, I agree with Gary Woodland. I also like Jonathan Vegas, 6.5K, and our old friend Chill, 6.4. Yeah, hanging out at 6.4K this week is uh, Mr. Charles Howell. And uh, that's going to about wrap us up for the show here this week. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter. If you got any questions, happy to answer those over there. Uh, check out our all our content over at Roto Grinders. My video has posted for the week, the Daily Fantasy Foursome, and you can check out the golfers that I like. Uh, in there this week as well. And there's a contest uh, within that video too. So make sure you check that out on the site and we will see you next week uh, for Mr. Gib Pollard and Mr. Brian Devonshire. We appreciate you watching very much and we will see you one week from now. Good luck everybody in all your contests this week. Take care. It's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.